Good morning, everyone. Um, if this is your first time, my name is Rumi, and I'm married to Loba, and my son was the one that gave the testimony about satellite. So, um, lovely to meet you all. <laughs> so, um, today, my, my psalm is actually a very personal journey to me. Um, it is, um, and it's Psalm 51, and I like to give it a topic like David. I have always wanted to understand what really qualified David to be a man after God's own heart. Also, for a very long time, I have always found comfort in the fact that um, David is a man after God's own heart, and I'll give you my reasons later. At a point, I, I kind of thought I knew what qualified David to be that person, but it's never really dawned on me the way it did um, a couple of months ago. I read Psalm 51 again, and it suddenly had a whole new meaning to me. I kind of understood it in a very, very different way. Now, before I go on, um, for the kids and kids at heart, um, do you know a game called Fine Wally? Anybody know that game? Yeah. So in the midst of this beautiful elephant, there's a heart in there. So I need the kids, probably their parents helping them, to find the heart in this beautiful picture. So you can come up and help yourself. Um, I've got the pictures here. So want to bring the kids and take a picture to find the heart there. Okay, um, while they're doing that, the kids at heart. <laughs> um, so um, where were we? Um, what qualified David as a man after God's own heart? In the book of Acts, chapter 13, verse 22, the Bible says that he raised up David to be their king, of whom he testified, saying, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. If you have been a Christian long enough, that statement is a little mind-blowing, especially if you know all the things King David did. <laughs> David was a lot of good things. But for today, let's recount a few of the undesirable things we all kind of talk about most of the time. What are the things he was known for? A dysfunctional family. Um, in, you can find that story in 2 Samuel chapters um, 13 to 19. I think his son wanted to overthrow him while he was still alive. Um, the second one was he didn't get what he wanted. Um, we, all know, we probably all know the story of foolish Nabal, and he wanted to wipe the whole family out. And then the third one, which is probably very popular, is that he took another man's wife and ordered the man to be killed. That can be found in 2 Samuel 11 to 12. Now, my psalm today, Psalm 51, is actually based on that incident re recorded in 2 Samuel chapter 11 to 12. David had seen Bathsheba and had desired her. He ultimately took the man's wife, and to cover his tracks, what did he do? He killed the man. He killed Bathsheba's husband. Not sure why I think he thought it was a good idea. But however, I want to sincerely, I want to think he sincerely only realized the impact of his action when the prophet came to him and told him an allegory 
and David quickly got on his high horse and wanted to destroy the evil man. Much like me most of the time. <laughs> Until you show me what I did wrong, I don't understand it sometimes, and I don't see it either. So, and I know Loba can testify to that. I mean, a quick story I can tell you, and I'm not very proud of it, but it has stayed with me for a very long time. When my son was a toddler, and I was taking him to the nursery, there were two boys that showed up around the corner. It was a lonely path, and they were behaving in a threatening manner. I was, you know, being a woman, lonely path, with a child, I was feeling very vulnerable, and I was kind of fearful. And what struck me was, in my fear, I didn't, I don't remember praying for this, about the situation, but I do remember thinking of um, multiple ways I could disarm the boys in the quickest, fastest way possible. If they made the tiniest move towards my son. So you see why sometimes, because I feel because I just thought it, I didn't do it, then I'm kind of better than David because he did it. He did it to the very end and then covered his tracks. So his story kind of gave me comfort that if David was a man after God's own heart, then yeah, I'm good. <laughs> you know, these are the things I find comforting. And um, in fact, sometimes when I prayed to God before a few months ago, when I said, when I prayed to God to have mercy on me, somewhere in the back of my mind, I'm like, yeah, God, if you can have mercy on David, you can have mercy on me. But the Holy Spirit has kind of taught me something different. Because that position of me thinking like that is actually a position of pride. It's a position where I'm thinking I'm better than David or I'm better than anyone else seated here. I have come to repent of it. I am still repenting, so please forgive me <laughs> if you find me in any undesirable position. Anyway, back to Psalm 51 while we're here. So after David realized his wrong and his action, what was interesting to me in Psalm 51 was he went straight to God. So let's read. Yeah. He said, have mercy on me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the abundance of your compassion, blot out my transgression. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Let's stop there for a moment. Here, David took it personally. He took it straight away to God. No dilly darling. He asked God for mercy, compassion, for God to forgive him. He acknowledged his wrongdoing no excuses, no cover-up. He went to God totally surrendered, humbly. For me, that is an act of worship. Humbly before his maker that made him the king he is. He further took it, he took it further in the first part of verse four. And he said, against you, you only, have I sinned? I'm telling you, this is the part that got me. Against God have I sinned. Not Uriah, not Bathsheba. Against God. 
I pondered on that for a long time while thinking, what does David mean? Against God, he has sinned. And he didn't even mention Horiah and Bathsheba. And then it started to make sense to me that that statement is actually very true. You see, in the book of Matthew, um, chapter 25, um, verse 34 to 40, is the place where the Bible was talking about judgment. But we're not going to read that. But I want to bring out verse 40, which says, the king will answer, truly, I say to you, as you have done it for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you have done it for me. For me, it started to mean that whatever I do to anyone, especially those in Christ, I do it unto God. Then I had this feeling and then clarity in my heart that we're all extensions of God on earth. I mean, he made us in his own image. His breath in us is what we call life. So whatever I do to anyone, I'm actually doing it indirectly to God. I can't say anymore, I do you wrong, I just need to apologize, and that is that. It's much bigger than that now. I'm doing it unto God. Then suddenly, my way of thinking, my world, it's expanded. It's grew in a way I am really struggling to put into words today. I have begun to see people differently, work differently, think differently, do things differently. It's like I'm taking responsibility of all my actions, thoughts, and deeds. I'm trying, but I'm still failing at it sometimes, so please bear with me. But I am taking responsibility of my actions, thoughts, not in a works kind of way, but as an act of worship towards God. Now I realize about, now I realize that if I'm careless about my thoughts, my actions towards people around me, I not only hurt them, I am sinning against God. And if God is my priority, and I'm chasing after his heart, like David, just like hopefully the kids are trying to find their heart, that teeny tiny heart, among those beautiful elephants, then I need to hold myself accountable as a form of worship towards God, just like David. Honestly, my life changed, and since I realized that, and I hope as you're listening that this can be a journey for you. At the moment, I don't want to be in my right mind and deliberately go out of my way to do something against someone God created in his, own in his own image, in his likeness for the kicks of it. If that happens, <laughs> it should be that I momentarily took a leave of absence of my sensibilities <laughs> and guess who I will run to after I realize that? Like David, I will run to God with no excuses, with humility in my heart as an act of worship. So in conclusion, as the band please comes up, please. Um, I want us to reflect on what you've heard today and what I've shared. I want to say thank you for listening to me. It's my personal journey, but I hope you can make it yours too. Thank you.